Let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll begin reading in verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 in the teaching tonight. This will be on the screen. If you didn't bring your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 8. We're teaching through the book of Corinthians, and tonight we're in the 12th chapter, and we're looking now, focusing in on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I want to look at the gift, the manifestation that the Lord gives, discerning of spirits. Do you wonder what that is? Discerning of spirits. The Lord's going to help us understand that tonight. It reads like this, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Notice how the Holy Spirit puts it. Discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. And the Lord bless his word. Amen. Ezekiel said this, Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23, here's what the prophet Ezekiel said, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy, to cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. The Lord wants us, and I think especially in, the, in these last days, the Lord wants us to have discerning of spirits. He wants us to have a heart of discernment. But we're going to look really focused in and, and tool down into what is this spiritual gift. And then we're going to go in the book of Acts. We're going to see how this manifested and how the Lord brought this through the apostles. And we're going to go, oh, that's, that's what that is. Let's take a moment to review just a little bit about some of the general teaching in the first part of this chapter. Just to remind us where we've been, and we'll get right into our teaching tonight. Well, one of the things that we are establishing here, the Lord's establishing, is that we need to desire spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not, even though sometimes they've been abused, and, and maybe you've seen that, maybe you haven't, uh, we don't need to avoid spiritual gifts. It's something that the Lord, it's God's will that we, that the church has spiritual gifts flowing and functioning. Uh, I think we should want the best gifts. I want to remind you that the best gift is simply the, the, the most important gift that is needed at that moment. For instance, if someone needs healing, it's not discerning of spirits that we need. It need we need the gifts of healing. So what the best gift is the most important gift at that moment. And so, and as I look at this, there are some gifts that are much that have, I think, greater blessing to the larger body of Christ. Third thing is this: these gifts are not natural talents, but they're supernatural talents manifestations. And I want to mention this. The gifts are not something that are resident within us. We don't own the gifts. They're not resident within us. They're the Holy Spirit's gifts. And notice in the text, he manifests them as he wills. I don't do them at will. They're not, understand that. They're not resident within us. They're the gifts of the Spirit that he graciously brings to us to, to anoint us, to give us the ability to do what he's called us to do. 
So these are not natural. These are supernatural manifestations. Having a gift of the Spirit manifested in your life doesn't mean that someone's more mature than others in the body of Christ. Why? These are grace gifts. This God's kindness. And then I would say this, that the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good, the Scripture said. Meaning the profit of all. Now, uh, uh, the, the, the Living Bible says this, and I love this. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Did you capture that? He, get, he displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. So God wants all of us to be a part of helping the entire church. And then, by way of introduction, lastly, these gifts, when they're really flowing, when it's really the Holy Spirit, notice, the same Spirit, the same Spirit, the same Spirit, it always brings glory to Jesus. Notice that. When the Holy Spirit's moving, it always brings maximum glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now think about this. The, the gifts can be classified in three different categories, in three different categories. The gifts of revelation, the gifts of inspiration, and the gifts of power. Now, as we've said this, the gifts of revelation reveal something. Word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and then the third revelation gift tonight is discerning of spirits. It's God revealing something to his people. He wants to reveal things. Then the second category is gifts of inspiration. God wants to say something. Prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And then the gifts of power, which they do something. That is faith. Faith, what does it do? It moves mountains out of the way. It moves impossible things out of the way. Miracles, gifts of healings. They do something. It's God's power in action. So what is, the, what is discerning of spirits? Let's define it. Discerning of spirit, it is the God-given ability to detect the presence and ascertain the identity of spirits. And I said that emphasizing that. It's the God-given ability to detect the presence and ascertain the identity of spirits. This is not the gift of judgmentalism. I've seen some have that gift. This is not the gift of criticism. This is not the ability to spot things you don't like and problems within the church. This is discerning of spirits, and we'll see how they function. Listen to this quote from a commentator. He said this, We must not confuse discerning of spirits with casting out of demons. The casting out of demons is an act on the part of the believer ministering. Discerning of spirits is the God-given ability to perform a certain act, but it is the act of discerning, not casting out the spirits. The purpose behind the gift is to ascertain the identity of spirits to that end. If evil, then we may cast them out through the help and the power of the Lord. B.G. Leonard said that. So what we know is this, that there is more to our lives than what we can see. Understand, there's a whole other realm that we cannot see with our eyes. Now, to, to the materialist, this is foolish and silly laughable to the materialist. But to us who believe the Word of God, we know there's things we cannot see. We know there are forces and realms that are invisible to the naked eye, the natural eye, 
but we know that they're real, all, all, uh, all, even though we can't see them. What we know is that there's, there's a great unseen world of spirits, and this, this realm, this unseen realm, is divided between good and evil. In the invisible realm, there's good, and in the invisible realm, there is evil. The good part of it is ruled by God. You hear that? The good part is ruled by God, the Almighty, the Holy One. The evil is ruled by Satan and many, many fallen spirits that we call, the Bible calls, demon spirits. Scholars believe that the fallen angels are demon spirits some way. In the good realm, they're cherubim. Think about this. Cherubim, seraphim, archangels, and angels do the bidding of God. They worship God. They honor God. And in mysterious ways, they do His bidding. The Bible even tells us that they're sent forth to minister to those that are heirs of salvation, speaking of the angels. We know there's great spirit beings around the throne of God, and they're calling holy, holy, holy 24 hours a day. It never stops. It never ends. It has to be an incredible place. We get a little bit of insight into this in Revelation 5.11. Then I looked, John said, and I heard the voices of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them, notice, was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands. There is a vast, vast, vast multitude Around the throne. And we get a glimpse of that. But there also, there's also an evil invisible realm. The Bible identifies there are principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of the world, wicked spirits in high places, evil spirits, demon spirits, all under the authority of Satan. They do his bidding. Paul gave us insight. And he said in Ephesians 6 and 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The invisible realm is a place where there is good. God rules over the good. The cherubim, the seraphim, the mighty angels, the archangels, Gabriel, Michael, etc. But there's also the evil. Satan rules there. Prince of the power of the air. These two realms... There's a great battle going on today. If, if we could see it, it would terrify us, I believe. If the Lord were to pull back the veil and allow us to see with our physical eyes people that have things attached to them, and, and, and this, there's, there's this tremendous battle that's being raging today. We get a glimpse of this battle that we win in in the end. Here's what the Revelation said in 12, verse 7. And war, war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Did you read that? But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. This is prophetic future. This is the, this is the future of the devil. This is the future of the dark realm, demon spirits, fallen angels. This is their destiny. Satan, who deceives the world, was cast to the earth. 
And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night was cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. In the future, our world's going to see some dark times. But in the end, we're going to win. The church is going to overcome. How? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And in this great battle, the Holy Spirit... Is, is, is us that are on this earth. Now notice this. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That means this, that every child of God that has, you know, we're in Hebrews on Sunday morning. We'll be back in Hebrews again on Sunday morning. We'll talk another, you know, I thought about this, Brother Keith, that you're talking about heroes out there, and I'm talking about the heroes of faith on Sunday morning. And I didn't really correspond that. It's just where my heart went to. We're going to talk about great Enoch on Sunday, but we look at all those great heroes, and those are people that God commends to us. They have lived faithful to God, and we know that Enoch never died. We'll get to that. I'm not trying to fast forward, but hey, a little advertisement there. It's exciting to me. But I don't tell you, they died in faith, and now their battle's over. You know, when we die and our spirit leaves our body, our bodies go back to dust, we'll be resurrected in the future. We know that. We know that in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, We're going to be caught up, and there's going to be this great transformation. And we're going to get brand new bodies. But the moment we die, if we overcome and we die with our faith in Jesus, the battle's over. And in heaven is a place of rest. We rest from our labors, and we wait for the Lord to to, defeat all the enemies. and, And we wait for that great millennial reign. And then the age to come. What a great future the church has. But there's only one hope of the world. And that is Jesus Christ. Everyone outside of Christ, they're without hope, without God in the world. And the enemy's waging war against them. But we're here today. My wife's mom and dad are in heaven. Miss them greatly. Our great friends that we've known and pastors we've known, Sunday school teachers we've known, that taught us the Word of God, taught us how to pray. Every time the church doors were open, they were there. But now they're gone. Their race is over, and their battle's over. But I'm going to tell you, we're still here. We're still here as the church. And if we're here serving Jesus Christ, we are in a battle. You are in a spiritual battle. The enemy work against you to turn you away from God, to discourage you, to stumble you, to pull you back into sin. He, he wars against you and I, and we have to stay close to God. We have to use the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but what they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are our weapons? Prayer, the Word of God, the, be strong in the Lord, the power of His might, the Holy Spirit is our great helper. And all of these wonderful spiritual weapons. But we're in a battle. And the Holy Spirit energizes us in this battle. He equips us for this battle. Timothy said this. For God has not given you the spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of fear. But what is he? He gives us power. That's dunamis. He gives us love. That's agape. 
And he gives us a sound mind. That sound mind means a mind that's not panicked. So think about what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. Have you ever been panicked? Have you ever been really afraid? And then that adrenaline starts flowing and there's the fight or flight that comes over you. I remember one time that we were in a, an accident, bad accident, terrible accident. It's a wonder we didn't all get killed. But in that, I dislocated my shoulder. And my two oldest girls were very small. My two younger ones, of course, weren't born yet. And as we wrecked, I dislocated my shoulder and it popped out and it popped back in. But there was so much adrenaline flowing in my body that I, 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 I grabbed my daughters and I was telling my wife, we've got to get out. We were in a motorhome. I said, we have to get out of here. We're on Interstate 40 outside of Little Rock. I mean, it's, it's dark. It's wintertime. It had already gotten dusky dark. Trucks, trucks are coming. I'm thinking, we're about to be killed here. And, I, and so I grabbed my daughters and this arm worked, but I could not figure out. My mind could not rationalize why I could not pick up my daughter. I was like, my arm doesn't work. I don't, no pain, zero pain. I was like, it doesn't work. Why does my arm not work? But it just would. So much. Isn't it amazing how we're fearful and wonderfully made? Adrenaline, fight or flight. But when the Spirit of God comes on you, God is not giving you a spirit of fear. No fear. No fear. You can face death. No fear. Jesus did. Isn't he Jesus amazing? He could stand before all those leaders that had power. He say, said, you know, they just ask him a question. He wouldn't even answer him. Just look at him. Don't you know I have the power? He said, you have no power. You have only the power that God will give you. The Holy Spirit in this battle Gives you power, supernatural power, love, that love of God, and what a sound mind. That means a mind that's not panicked in the battle. Calm. Wow. That's what the Spirit of God does in us. Amplified Bible says this, little children, you are of God, you belong to him, and have already defeated and overcome the agents of the Antichrist. Those demon spirits that work in Antichrist, false prophets, false teachers, you've already overcome them because he who lives in you is mightier than, than he was in the world. The Holy Spirit lives in us. My point is this, and I'm probably taking a little too long there to emphasize, you're in a spiritual battle. And one of the greatest weapons, one of the greatest tools that we have is in this battle is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. See, Satan has a strategy, and he is right now working in the children of disobedience. People that are lost at some level have demonic spirits in their lives. At some level, there's demonic influence there in their lives because they are exposed because they're spiritually naked. They do not have the blood of Jesus. And, and they're victims as well. They're victims. The Bible deals distinctly with these spirits called demons. You know, the old King James says devils, but there's only one devil. But there are demons. There are people that can be demonized. And the lost are blind. To this, they laugh at the thought of demonic influence. And the enemy loves that, by the way. He absolutely loves it. Satan's purpose is to torment lost people. It's to, he tries to hinder the saved. He, he wants to keep lost people away from the gospel. And he will even use lost people to hinder other people from coming to the gospel and through a lot of means there. In Scripture, we 
see, in the, in, and especially we have it defined really more than anything else, in the ministry of Jesus. And by the way, these, these things I'm going to mention here, they haven't disappeared. These spirits are still in the world somewhere. So what did Jesus deal with? He dealt with different kind of evil spirits that would torment people, afflict people with things. Jesus dealt with dumb spirits. Matthew 9 and 32. And they went out, and behold, they brought a man to him with a mute, uh, a, and was mute and demon-possessed. Mark says, and the one in the crowd said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. It was a mute and dumb spirit that had done this. Blind spirits. Matthew 12, 22. Then one who w- was brought to him, to Jesus, who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed them so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. Now, is, is, any, is stuff that happens like that, is it always? Any, no, but in this case it was. Deaf spirits, Mark 9, 25. When Jesus saw that the people were running, at, running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. There's another type of spirit saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. See, Jesus had authority over demon spirits. There was on a lady a spirit, a demon spirit of infirmity. Listen to this, Luke 13, 11. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. That's what the scripture calls it, a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And it said, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Verse 16, so ought not this woman, Jesus speaking now, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, who bound her? Satan has bound her. Think of it, he says. Jesus says, think of it. Think of it. 18 years she's been in this condition. Be loose from the bond on the Sabbath. They were arguing about the day, and he cared about the lady more than the day. There was a spirit of lunacy or epileptic thing. Matthew 17, 15, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. Notice what this spirit drove him to do, for he often falls into the fire and, and into the water. I wonder in our modern day, how many demon spirits are driving these folks around our nation to do the insane things they're doing? I can tell you, every one of them are influenced by demon spirits. Verse 18 of this chapter says, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. There were cases in the New Testament of those who were possessed by demons. Matthew 4, 24, then his, Jesus' fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were, who were afflicted with various diseases and tormented, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Matthew 8, 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and he healed all who were sick in that group there that evening. Matthew eight twenty-eight. and when he had come to the other side, that's Galilee, the other side of the Sea of Galilee, to the, to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him, notice, two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce. 
so that one so that no one could pass that way. Acts chapter 8 verse 7, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Matthew or Acts 16 16, now it happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. These are instances in your Bible in the New Testament of people who were demon-possessed. Spirits controlled their lives. Now notice this. Discerning of spirits. Think about this. The gift or the manifestation of discerning of spirits will enable the people of God to minister with knowledge and understanding. And when, when we receive the manifestation of discerning of spirits, we're going to know where the battle is. This is not the spirit of suspicion. This is not the, you know, figuring out with our own human mind. This is a manifestation, a revelation from the Holy Spirit of what spirit's operating. And by the way, the enemy loves to keep us in confusion, by the way. He loves to keep us in a place where we're like, I don't even know what I'm battling here. But if you can find out where the battle is, then you know how to deal with it. Here's what it says of Jesus. Or in Mark 16, 17, talking about the believers there. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. And they will speak with new tongues. So let's look. Open your Bible to Acts 13. I'm going to look at two or three places where we see this gift manifested. Speaking of discerning of spirits. Acts chapter 13, we find Paul and Barnabas on an island, Cyprus. Chapter 13 and verse 6. And when they had gone through the island up to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Anybody with that kind of name, you know they're going to be trouble. Bar-Jesus. who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus an intelligent man a man call, uh, uh, the, this man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God but Elymas the sorcerer for that was his name was translated under, withstood them seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith then Saul who was also called Paul filled with the holy spirit filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you're not bar Jesus, you're no son of Jesus, you're a son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. I mean, Paul done got ticked off here. Will you see, will you not cease? Preventing the straight ways of the Lord. Now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you shall be blind. Not seeing for a time. And immediately. I mean we have more than discerning of spirits here. We have, we have miracles going on here. And immediately a dark mist fell on him. And he went around seeking someone to lead him by hand. People are saying. No way. Get away from me. 
I want nothing to do with you. And then it says, and the proconsul believed. Come on, amen. When he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. What I'm saying is, not only is the, is the message going forth, the power of the Holy Spirit that is dealing with the devil, discerning of spirits. Paul saw through discerning of spirits that this man was of the devil. There's a demon spirit trying to use this man to hinder this man, this leader, this proconsul from coming to the Lord. And then the power of the Holy Spirit through miracles restrained this man and he fell into a darkness. But we see there in that discerning of spirits. And then Acts 16, and I've already read part of this, but I want to read another, the, the ending of this. Acts 16, verse 16, we'll read this again. Now it happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination... She had a spirit. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a demon spirit. She could divine. She could tell the future. She could predict things, and they would happen. But it wasn't of God. You know, all, not all miracles are of God. We, we see this lady over here in Garland. We drive past the palm-reading lady. So it says, what much profit from fortune-telling. The girl followed Paul and us, crying out, saying, notice, notice what she's saying here. These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim the way of salvation. And this she did for how many days? Many days. Now my question to you is this. Was she, is, that, is that a good thing to say, what she said? These are the servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming the way of salvation. Absolutely. That's a great thing to say. But Paul discerned, this is not the Holy Spirit saying this. This is another spirit. Something else is behind this. Notice what it says. Verse, uh, eight, verse 18 says, but Paul greatly annoyed. Something in Paul's heart, in his inner man, is, is there's, I call it static in your spirit. You read static in your spirit, static in your heart. Something's going on here, but I just, it doesn't, something's not right here. Paul's got this. He's annoyed. He turned and he said to what? The spirit. See, because he saw, he saw past the girl. He discerned there's a spirit here. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came and, and he, that demon spirit, notice that personality there he came out demons are personalities they're real and he came out that very hour discerning of spirits turn back to acts 5 we've got to hurry acts 5 peter had the the manifestation of discerning of spirits this is the story of Ananias sapphire but a certain man Named Ananias, his wife, Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back the part of the proceeds. His wife, also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. She did it with great fanfare, I'm sure. I'm sure she prancing down the aisle. And I'm sure, you know, if it's just a dollar, they would have hit it. But they're, you know, they're walking down and they're making a big to-do of the offering. And it says here, but Peter said to Ananias, he discerned something here. 
Why has Satan filled your heart? To lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself while it remained? Was it not, in your, own, was it not your own and after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God, the Holy Spirit's God. Now, I'm not going to read all this for time's sake because I need to finish. This man dropped dead in the church. How'd the service go Sunday? Oh, Ananias dropped dead. Not the best service you've had lately, preacher, Peter. Not only that, in the second altar service, his wife died. I think I'm going to get my life right with God and stop playing games with God. Peter discerned it. He could see it. Why? Was it natural ability? No. Was it reading people? You know, some people read people. It has nothing to do with it. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. Now look at, look at this. Acts 8, 18. Acts 8, 18. We're almost done. Acts 8, 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. Now, I, I believe that what he saw was them speaking in tongues. He was going to, now it doesn't say that, and I'm not adding the word of God. I'm just saying that's probably what happened. He's giving money. He sees something's happening to these people. And so he offered them money, saying, give me this power that anyone on whom I lay hands will receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, your money perish with you. What a man of integrity. Many of these slick guys today would go, oh, yeah, 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 you, yeah, that's good. Yeah, just, this is good. Your money perish with you. Your money perish with you. Because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Now notice he doesn't stop there. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. How does he know his heart's not right with God? He sees it. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray to God that perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see, for I see, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Notice this. All the guy said was, hey, I want to be able to serve God like this. I want to be able to do this. Didn't seem like he was bitter. Didn't seem like he was poisoned. Seemed like he was eager to be used of God. Peter saw something different. Your money perished with you. You're poisoned. You are poisoned in your heart. You need to repent. How did he see all that? Discerning of spirits. See how the church, see how the church can be kept pure and holy and safe if we have discerning of spirits? See how your family can be kept safe? See how we can overcome the wicked schemes of the enemy by this beautiful gift called discerning of spirits. Now I close with this. In the last days, the Apostle Paul seems to indicate there's going to be an increase of demonic activity. In 2 Timothy 4.1 he says, in the last days there's going to be doctrines of demons that are propagated through false prophets. We do know that in the end times that the false prophet, the false prophet, will perform miracles, signs, and lying wonders in the name of the Antichrist. But they're not going to be by the Holy Spirit. They're going to be by demon spirits. 2 Thessalonians 2.9 For the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power 
signs. And notice, lying wonders. Revelation 13, 14. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by what? By those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. It's going, to be a, it's going to be some kind of resurrection. Maybe from the dead. Who knows? But it's going to be lying wonder, not real. i close with this. We know that there are going to be deceivers who claim to work miracles in the name of Jesus. Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me, many, many will say to me in that day. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonderful works in your name? I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice iniquity. Discerning of spirits will enable the believer to identify the enemy. And then use the weapons of warfare that we've been given to defeat him. The word of God, the armor of God, the blood of Jesus, prayer, the mighty gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, help us to be people full of your Holy Spirit. We give you the praise and the honor. I pray that we would desire and seek these gifts. And Lord, may this gift by your mercy and grace be revealed and manifested to your holy saints. Let this gift be in the body. Let it be manifesting in the body. Lord, especially us who are the overseers and the leaders, that your sheep may be kept safe, that we may not be tricked and deceived by the enemy. Father, my prayer tonight is simply this, that you would give us this gift, that you would give us this gift, manifest this gift in our lives. That we can discern, not be trapped and tricked, deceived and deluded. You tell us, Lord, to be cautious and careful, to watch out for the deceiver. Give us hearts that discern. Give us the hearts of wisdom. Give us hearts of understanding. Help us not to take a misstep or make a misstep. Because the enemy would want to deceive us and wreck our families, wreck our lives, and wreck the church. But we remember what Paul said, that we're not ignorant of Satan's schemes. We're not ignorant of his schemes. But Lord, help us to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And love none our lives to death. So Father, tonight as we conclude this service, I pray that you would watch over your people. Keep us safe in your precious and divine hand. Keep us in the love of God. Keep us tied together closely in unity. Let our fellowship be clean and sweet. Tonight as we leave this place, send forth your mighty good angels with us. I know we can't see them. We don't seek them. We don't pray to them. We pray to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. But Lord, we acknowledge you said they're sent forth to minister to those who will be the heirs of salvation. Set your protection around us 
as you see fit, Lord. Let us dwell under your divine shadow. We just love you. We praise you. And we thank you. Till we meet again on this great Sunday coming, keep us in your love. Now, church, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. God bless you.